Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. Y'all will pray with me this morning. Father God, we come to you this morning, Lord, we say thank you so much for the cross. Thank you for who you've called us to be. Father God, this morning as we dive into this portion of your word, Father God, I ask that you'll move me out of the way. Let your word be spoken ever so, so true. Father God, let it be all about you and everything that we do here today. Father God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. This morning I want to invite you to go to the book of Matthew with me. The book of Matthew. Chapter 27. Chapter 27. This morning I want to reiterate something that I said earlier. This will be one of the shortest messages that you are hear me preach. It is the simplicity of the gospel. It's the simplicity of a love story. It is the simplicity of forgiveness. It's the simplicity of grace. It's the simplicity of mercy. And this morning, as we dive into this portion of God's word, I want you to take, and I want you to not only hear it, but I want you to paint a picture in your mind. Because in verse 29 it says, And when they had planted a crown of thorns, they had put it upon his head, and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him, and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. <coughs> and they spit upon him. And they took a reed and smote him on the head. And after that, after that, they had mocked him. They took a robe off from him and put his own remnant on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Simon by the name. They compelled to bear his cross. I'm going to stop right there for just a moment. And I want to say a few things here. Why do we have such a hard time taking up our cross daily and following Him? Why is it that we as Christians find it so hard to even make time for Jesus? See, you went through all of this not because he thought that Sunday mornings would be awesome and we could come to church and we could have fun and everybody would smile and be friendly. No, that, that's not why he went to the cross at all. He went to the cross so we could be forgiven, so we could be free. So that we could have eternal life. That way we could, through his blood that was shed, have redemption and an atonement for our sins. But somewhere along the way, we've messed it all up. 
Somewhere along the way, we think it's a, a heaven ticket. Jesus did not die for us just to get to heaven so we could have a relationship. So we could go into the throne room boldly to the Father. We don't need a high priest to come in once a year and make a sacrifice for our sin. The price has been paid. The ransom has been paid for many. But somewhere along the way, we have a hard time grasping the concept. Take up your cross. Deny yourself and follow him. This man, Simon, he was minding his own business. He was not doing anything. He says, hey, do me a favor. It's not how that conversation went, is it? You carry his cross. I don't even know this man. Why don't I bear his cross? I'm not asking you to ask us a bunch of questions. We're telling you to carry his cross. And could you imagine as he took that cross and he drug it, that the blood of Christ literally ran down his face? We think about that in today's society and we think, oh no, cross contamination. But it was pure, the pure blood of Christ that atoned for our sins, that atoned for our mercy. For his mercy for us. Why in the world have we painted this picture? Think about this for a moment. Why have we painted this picture that says taking up my cross daily means I just get up, pray a little bit, read a couple of verses, and go to church to do it once a week, and I'm good. Why have we why have we made it look so hard? But yet it's the simplicity of the gospel. When he says deny yourself daily, we, we think that that means once a week, here or there. Verse 33 says this. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was so spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And setting down, they watched him there. Does anybody ever caught that before? They sat down and watched an innocent man die. They sat down and they didn't say, you know what, maybe... Maybe this whole trial that we just had was illegal in the first place. Maybe, maybe this, this, this whole plot to kill this man is all wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe at the end of this deal, we're wrong. What if? No, it didn't say any of that, did it? It says they sat there and they watched it. They watched him suffer. They watched him as he struggled. Listen to me, church. He struggled to breathe. I want you to understand this, that the crucifixion of any person in the Roman history was not so that it was just a punishment. It was a capital punishment. It was meant for pain. It was meant for anguish. It wasn't so, it wasn't so easy 
to sit and watch. But they sat and they watched. And set up over his head, accusation written this, is Jesus the king of the Jews. Then there's the two thieves. Then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand, one on the left, and they that passed revealed their head, wagging their heads, and saying that thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad he didn't come off that cross. We, we talk about the resurrection all the time, but I don't know if you realize the atonement and the sacrifice that was paid on Calvary. There's nothing you can do, nothing I can do to atone for our sins, nor works, nor deeds is good enough to get you into glory. We all want to go to heaven. Amen? We all, we all want to be able to say, you know what, I know where I'm spending eternity, but I guarantee you this, there's people in your home, there's people around you, and you say, well, not in my home. Listen to me. People in your immediate family who have no clue where they're going to spend eternity. No clue. But yet they say, well, I go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Let me tell you something, and I'm going to start from here and work my way out. There's going to be pastors that split hell wide open. There's going to be Sunday school teachers that split hell wide open. And as my daddy used to say, wearing gasoline drawers. There are going to be people who you thought had it all figured out, who knew the word from Genesis to Revelation, who lived a simply good life. Split hell wide open. Because they have never invited Jesus into their life to be their personal Lord and Savior. This morning, this is a simple message. He did not simply die on that cross so we could have once a year to celebrate a risen Savior. He did not simply die on that cross so we can have a little family get together. He didn't die on that cross so we could go to church once a year. He didn't die on that cross so we could go to church and complain about everything. He didn't, he, he didn't say, I'm going to drag this thing for miles. And when I get there, I'm going to die for these people. They're ungrateful. They're angry. They're bitter. They're manipulative. They're going to backstab one another. They're going to slander one another. They're going to, they're going to talk bad about one another. They're going to call these things prayer chains. And the reality is they're gossip chains. Come on now, church. I'm just being real with you. He didn't die so we could have all of these things and call it of God. He died so we could have a relationship with Abba Father. I've said in adoption hearing after adoption hearing, and the judge says the same thing every time. You can give up your own flesh and blood. This kid you adopted can't never give it up. Once I sign this order declaring you the paternal parent, see, I didn't know that word has many meanings. Once I sign this paperwork 
And that child becomes yours. You can give up your own flesh and blood, but you can't get rid of this one. And to think he adopted us as sons and daughters. He didn't adopt us as sons and daughters. He did not go to that cross and die for us so we could live like hell Monday through Friday. He did not go to that cross. He was not beaten beyond recognition. The passion of the Christ. Has everybody seen that before? I think that people who, who go to church and they say, well, I can't watch it. It's so repulsive. They need their eyelids taped open and be made to watch it. Because it doesn't even paint half of the picture. The cat of nine tails was a punishment in itself that was meant, or you catch this, meant to kill a man. Did y'all know? And they took that whip and they began to hit him and it was ripping his flesh off. Hear me. I want you to hear me this morning. When they hit him, these Roman soldiers wasn't the size of Parker. And I'm, I'm saying that in reality because of his stature. I don't mean that being funny. I'm, I'm being as serious as I can be this morning. They were about two of Wayland and three of me put together. And when they would hit somebody, one hit would nine times out of ten crush a bone. Did you know that it was only lasting a few minutes is what we've always pictured in our minds. Oh, they only put him through that for just a little while. But a scourging lasted hours. They beat him. Not so we could go to church. Not so we could have this really cool title that says, I'm a Christian. None of that happened. So we can walk through these doors every Sunday. Can I tell you a secret? We don't need a building. We are the church. We don't need the pianos. We don't need the the microphones and we don't need the sound system because I'm going to tell you this ladies and gentlemen I promise you this I've preached without all of that I've shared the gospel without all I know people under the sound of my voice that have done the same thing without any of it it's great to have it's a comforting thing do you think the cross was comfortable I've seen so many Christians and you've seen so many Christians listen to me church who are comfortable how many of you and I'm, I'm asking a broad spectrum question this morning how many of you enjoy the air conditioning during the summer the heat during the winter the running water we, we come to church week after week and we're comfortable and the reality is when we walk through those doors, more conviction should come with us week after week after week after week after week after week. Yes. Conviction is no longer preached. Righteousness is no longer preached from the pulpit. It's a far and wide statement, but Jesus did not die on that cross so we could be comfortable inside of a building. Amen. Want to talk about the, the real meaning of Easter? Listen to me. A man 
who said, I love you enough that I'm going to go to a cross in the form of a man. And I'm going to carry the weight of the world with me. And I'm going to die for you. I've done been beaten for you. I've done been spit on for you. I've done been cussed for you. I've been cursed for you. I've been through all of these things just for you. And if you would have been the only person on the face of the earth, he would have died just for you. The cross was not comfortable. It wasn't pleasant. There's this part. I stayed laying there last night. And I thought, my God, what if it wasn't for the cross? What hope would I have? I wouldn't have. Well, what if it what if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus? Because I don't know about y'all, if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, there's 613 laws and 10 commandments. Buddy, and if you missed one, you missed them all. morning. I don't know where you've been, what you've been through, what the week's held. I don't know your, your heart, but I'm going to tell you right now. I know what the blood of Jesus can do. I know without a shadow of a doubt in my heart what the blood of the Lamb can do. I, I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to think about this. There's this moment of when Jesus is carrying his cross to the hill of the gospel. And everybody along the roads, some were weeping because they knew he was a just man. But some were saying, crucify him. Crucify him. And I want you to take yourself to that place right now. And I want you to think about that very moment. Would you say, Lord, I need you. Because if it wasn't for you, and if it wasn't for your blood, that your fist was shed upon that cross, I would have no hope at all. What if that day comes and you stand before him. Listen to me. What if that day comes and you stand before him? And you say, Lord, is my name in that book? Is my name in that book? It's got to be in that book. My grandmama took me to church. I went to church week after week. I know my name's got to be in that book. And he says, depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. But Lord... You don't understand. I was there week after week. I taught Sunday school. I was part of all the programs. I, I did all the things. My name's got to be in that book. Depart from me for I never knew you. Look at me. 
If you leave here this morning and you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, it's your own fault. Because I'm just going to give you an opportunity this morning to get it right. I don't care how long you've been in the church. I share this story often when I go other places. I'm going to share it here with you this morning. I watched one week as a pastor was preaching the gospel from the pulpit. And all of a sudden, you see him grab a hold of it. And he began to weep. And he got down on his face behind the pulpit and repented and gave his life to Jesus. That man had been preaching for almost 25 years. Listen to me, church. He had been preaching 25 years and gave his life to Jesus. Let me tell you this, and I'm, I'm saying this as seriously as I can. Do not walk out this door this morning and not have it right with the Lord. Don't go to Sunday school if you ain't got it right with the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, your eternity counts on it. Because believe it or not, I don't know what you've been taught throughout life. We talk about glory an awful lot. But let's talk about the outer darkness for a minute. Let's talk about that for a minute because that's not a real heavy topic that's preached about anymore. So hell is a real place. Did you know that, church? A place of torment. A place of anguish. Never-ending torment. Some have speculated what they believe that torment is. I don't know. I don't want to even speculate. I'm not going. Amen? Well, Tom, how can you say that? Because I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. If you knew me then and knew me now, you'd say hallelujah. If he can forgive me, he can forgive anybody. Let me tell you this, church. Hell is hot. So just give me a drop of water to cool my tongue. No. It's not going to happen. Let me, let me go back. Could you imagine standing at it, the, 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 the gate and you're standing before the Lord as He opens up that Lamb's Book of Life. And He says, you know, I haven't found your name nowhere in this book apart from after I've never knew you. Could you imagine the, the, the concept of what that's like to stand before God Almighty in fear and trembling already and here I never knew you. And spend an eternity separated from Him an eternity of hell and punishment and torment? We're scared to death. I see people year after year go to church on Easter, man, and they're excited because they get to go to mom's and eat lunch. Let me tell you something. What happens when you stand before him and he says, and, and your life is played before you, and, and you're sitting there and you're going, you know what? I had every opportunity to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, and I never did. 
I was too worried about what people would think if I let go of the pew and went forward. I was too worried about what people would say if I, I went up and I repented of my life lived. Your life lived. Your life lived is more important to your eternity than what you look like when you walk through that door. I don't care about your bank account. I don't care about how many friends you have on Facebook, how many people follow you on Twitter, how, whatever. I don't care. I care about your eternity. There's people all around us who do this for a job. Well, week after week, this is a job. This ain't a job to me. This is a calling. One that I take very serious. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to ask that if, if y'all will, I don't care what, just something soft and slow. Because here in just a moment, I'm going to ask you one of the most serious questions I've ever asked you. And this morning, I mean it with all of my heart. We're getting ready to, to celebrate a risen Savior. Next week, we're all excited about Easter. Amen? Amen. But, but don't leave this place and not have it right this morning. Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at pastortomcrandall at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ. I love you, my friend. All the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. God bless you.